listening to the Hurdy Gurdy Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Vakula, here to help you travel the world at next to no cost through credit card points, miles, benefits, and rewards. Make money, save money, and take advantage of great deals. Thanks for joining me for episode number 58, Credit Cards and Travel with Beth King. A personal friend of mine, Beth, shares how she uses credit cards and deals to help her family regularly travel. We also talk about how to get started with credit card rewards, leverage profitable deals, earn cash through checking account bonuses, and much more. It's been almost a year since I uploaded an episode. I'm happy to return, and I hope to upload at least one episode a month, or more than that, with listener support on my Patreon page, found at hurdygurdytravel.com. Subscriptions start at just $10 a month. I plan to upload more credit card reviews, discussions with guests, and create custom episodes from supporters of the show. Now with some housekeeping items complete, enjoy today's episode. Alright everyone, I am here with Elizabeth King. Welcome to the show. Thank you, great to be here. Alright, yeah, it was, uh, what, like two or three years ago, I, I was at a Staples and saw you there. I saw you holding some Visa gift cards. I was there to get some of my own. And I said, oh, well, we, we, we should talk. I, I don't think this person over here is just uh, randomly buying the Visa gift cards during the fee-free promotion with the Chase Inc. cash card, right? Yes, and then you saw my Chase Inc. cash card come out, and you <laughs> for sure, right? <laughs> uh, it was a sign. So you're you're in this points and miles game, and so we're coming on the show to talk about today. How did how did you get how did you get involved? How did you find out about all these uh, interesting things that we do to gain miles and points to save money on travel and pay next to no cost? The story actually starts with a mailer I got. Uh, it was for I maybe I don't even know what card it was. Um, I think it was an American Express card, and it offered you know um, rewards that you could turn in for $500 gift card or $500 and I thought how is that possible <laughs> um, but I thought well you know if they're going to offer me $500 uh, I'll take it so I opened the card and I remember I redeemed it for a $500 restoration hardware gift card and I was so excited I had no idea right that you could get better than than one uh, one point uh, or one penny per point um, and then I, I, as far as I remember, I immediately closed the account. I wasn't going to pay an annual fee. Um, how I didn't get on the bad side of whatever uh, bank that was, I'm not sure. Um, so it, that was my sort of moment where I sort of recognized that the, there were credit card offers out there, sign-up bonuses in particular, that were uh, pretty astounding. But then it really you have to jump to the Chase Sapphire Reserve card when they uh, when they opened that card with a hundred thousand point uh, sign-up bonus, uh, there was a lot of talk. And that talk, you know, it, it went beyond the the points and miles community. It ended up in newspapers. Um, and I happened upon it. And I saw that. I uh, read a few articles about it. And then I started to realize that, you know, this, you didn't have to just wait for a mailer to come to your, to your uh, door telling you about a sign-up bonus you could get. You could actually hunt them down. Uh, look for them. <laughs> Uh, and so I started slowly uh, and then very quickly realized the benefits of, of this game. So for people who are new, can you describe this process of you're getting this new, this new credit card? How does the process work to get these really big welcome offers? Right. So, you know, banks are very keen on signing up new customers. And so they'll offer pretty significant sign up bonuses uh, once you meet a minimum spend, um, what the sign-up bonus is varies not just from card to card, but from bank to bank, from time to time, and what the minimum spend requirement is also varies uh, tremendously. And so, if you start to pay attention uh, to the offers that are out there, uh, you can pretty quickly 
recognize what a good offer is, and you can pretty quickly figure out whether or not you can meet the sign-up uh, minimum spend requirement. Um, and because these banks are competing with each other uh, for your business, uh, you have every reason to uh, sign up for cards over and over again as quickly as you can meet the minimum spend requirement. Uh, as long as you are good at, you know, the, as long as you pay back, right? Right, uh, right. What you owe at the end of the month, uh, you're not carrying a balance. Um, it's a it's a wonderful way to earn points, to earn miles, uh, to earn hotel stays, uh, free hotel stays. Um, and you know, it's, it's just a, it's a fun little hobby to get into. Right. So we're putting spend we're already doing anyway on these new cards. Maybe we're using different cards for different purchases. We're taking advantage of bonus categories or special offers and we're just signing up for lots of cards. I, I started pretty small. I got one premium card and then thought, oh, wow, this is great. Could I get another big bonus and just moved up from there? Some people, I think, get intimidated. Oh, my God, Justin, you have like 30 credit cards. How, <laughs> how did you do this? Uh, did, did you just start signing up for 30 credit cards or what, what was the process there? <laughs> Most of us just start out with one and then <laughs> two. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves you know, a year later at 30. So um, it, it's certainly something that you want to enter into cautiously because you need to meet the minimum spend. Uh, you need to pay off your balances every month. Um, but uh, if you can do that, right, then uh, then you know, there's no harm in having 20, 30 credit cards as long as you can balance it all and organize, keep organized and uh, pay off your balances. Right. I think it's just like anything. When you learn a new skill, a new hobby, you're just going to start small. And once you get more comfortable, you move on up. Some people that I consult with I say, okay, just sign up for this one card, take a few weeks, hit the minimum spend goal, let me know how it goes for you, and when you're ready to sign up for the next card, let me know and we could talk about some strategy because we can't just hammer the banks and apply for 10 cards in the same day in most scenarios, so it's it's a strategic thing we have to do to abide by the rules and not face a lot of declines. Right. When you start with in this hobby, you can pretty much open up any card that, uh, you know, that you're able to um, meet minimum spend on as long as the bank will issue it, to issue it to you. But you're right, as you get a little bit further in, you start to realize that there's, you need to develop a strategy uh, because there are rules for every bank. Uh, and those rules uh, start coming into play. They start affecting you, uh, maybe not right at the outset. Uh, Chase doesn't care if you get one card or two cards. Um, but once you meet five, reach five cards in two years, 24 months, then they start to care, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and so, yeah. Initially, uh, you can you can, you know, come into this game, um, you know, uh, and and start slowly and and kind of figure out which what's your best option for you know, based on what card you want to get and what the sign up bonus is. But after a while, you realize that there's even more strategy beyond that. Right. It could be intimidating and lots of options to start with, but I think demystifying that, learning the rules, getting more comfortable as you go along. It gets pretty easy. And I, I always tell people, you don't have to be all in like I am and more pe people out there are doing more than I am. So, Absolutely. you know, even if it's like you're just starting out, maybe you get one card every six months and see how you feel about that. Maybe you'll start getting a new card every three months or four months. And we get to redeem these points for some really awesome experiences as you've had a lot of international travel, even recently right. as we're recording here on October of 2021. Right. So what this uh, hobby has opened up right, for me and my family is that the opportunity to travel uh, so many places that I wouldn't have dreamed of five years ago. Uh, so initially, when I started, when I got the Chase Sapphire Reserve card with a 100,000 point bonus, um, I immediately saw that you could redeem 
those points uh, for even more on the travel uh, website that Chase operates. And I decided, hey, you know, let's let's we're we're, uh, we're of Dutch origin, and there are some Dutch uh, islands in the Caribbean that are not too far <laughs> away, and it's not terribly expensive uh, compared to others. Um, so. I was able to use the, those points from that chase card uh, to fly the family to Curacao. Uh, and we were all kind of awed by it. And then I used my free night Marriott nights uh, to stay at um, uh, one of the hotels in Willemstad. And then we also stayed in Airbnb for a while uh, in a different part of the island, uh, which we paid for, you know, out of pocket. Um, at that point, I didn't realize, right, how extensive this game could, could get, right? <laughs> you could leverage, uh, you know, you could you could – Leverage your points for cash in some cases if uh, you wanted just not to pay anything out of pocket. Um, but that, you know, immediately um, that that experience immediately made me see the value of of this uh, credit card uh, sign up bonus and you know spend game. And so yeah, we've been all over. Uh, we've you know gone to Europe several times, um, Eastern Europe. I've took the kids. Actually, the kids and my husband met me there when I was there for work. Uh, we got to spend time in Croatia, Bosnia, Montenegro, uh, such places that I I don't think I ever would have thought I could have brought my kids along. Uh, yeah. When I was out there, uh, Spain and Portugal, we took a wonderful trip there. And South America, uh, we've gone there as well. We've we've tried to go to places that aren't uh, just tourist uh, just tourist places, right? We try to see a little bit of the culture and experience a little bit of the history of some of the places we visit, and and, and it's been an enormously rewarding experience for for not just me but the whole family. Nice, and some benefits that come along with that, whether it's the free lounge access, whether it's okay, you're staying at a Hilton property and you have access to some free breakfast there. I think all this adds up and makes it just a more pleasurable experience rather than slumming it up at a red roof inn and just trying to uh, backpack across the world. You know, it's it's like, ah, uh, I'd rather not stay at that hostel with like five other people in the same room. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, you do get to uh, stay in kind of neat places sometimes you wouldn't otherwise be able to afford. And you know, a good example of this is uh, we had some free Hilton nights. And so we stayed at the, the Conrad in Tokyo. And you know, there's, there's, I, I wouldn't have even begun to think about, you know, paying cash price at that place. Um, and then it came with free breakfast because of status. And then it came with free lounge access, so <laughs> eat our dinner there as well. And so, uh, yeah, we, we uh, were able to do so much. Um, and then we could use, you know, cash instead to, to get into museums and, mm. and other places. And so it was, it was wonderful, you know, to have those opportunities. Now I have to say, like, uh, if you're like me and you travel with family, um, and you know, I've usually traveling with two, three, even four kids and a spouse, um, you know, we're not we're not typically flying business or first class. Um, you know, some some in this uh, in this points and miles game do um, they leverage their points, uh, you know, to to get great deals to fly internationally on first class or business class. Um, and that sounds great, but when you fly with the, when there's six of you, right? Yeah, it's tougher. <laughs> um, you want you, you want to stretch your points and miles. Um, so we do get some luxuries, but you know, there's also recognition that you know you're not going to s- jump into this game and suddenly be able to fly first class around the world and stay in the top you know, hotels. Um, you, you you have to you have to think hard about what what value you place on you know a business class seat versus four economy seats. Um, and for me, being able to travel with family makes it worth 
or makes makes the the pain of economy seats just fine. Um, and in fact, maybe it's better that we don't even know what it's like to fly business class or first class because we'll never want to go back. <laughs> the, the corrupting influence, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> well, I, I've had some free upgrades with Delta. I have the Delta Gold status, soon Platinum status, and it's nice to go to the Premium Economy or Comfort Plus. And even the first class experience, but yeah, I have I have a similar take on it that I want to take the most amount of travel rather than spending tons of points. Like I recently went to the Albuquerque International Balloon Fiesta, and there was a Hyatt property out there for only five thousand points a night, and that was points I just transferred from my Chase card. And the phone rep even said to me, "Wow, that would have been like uh, three hundred dollars for that room." So there, there's some really good value that can be had and it was it was really nice to watch the ascension of the balloons at like 6 a.m right outside my hotel window it was a great view and i'm usually not bullish on the the views of the room so the the experiences that can be had through this hobby are are really cool it allows us to really transcend in a way as i think a lot of people have this mistaken conception that oh it's only the rich people that get to do this kind of stuff but it's like no you know the average person with a little bit of discipline and organization skills can really make it happen with this hobby Absolutely. Yeah, some of the lounges that I've been in in airports have, have been amazing, right? Instead of having to go to the airport and, you know, sit uh, in seats, hard seats with, you know, surrounded by you know, <laughs> chaos, <laughs> right? Uh, wondering if I really want to spend, you know, $10 on a, on a Whopper. Yeah. Um, I get to go, in, you know, into a lounge thanks to a credit card that gives me access. Uh, and it's you know much more peaceful and quiet, and you know, the food is free. There's often times drinks for free as well, um, and it's, it makes travel a more relaxing experience. So you know there are some great perks, some luxuries, but as you know, Justin, as you say, um, you know there's um, there's also a way in which we want to stretch our points and miles, and so everyone makes their own judgment calls about what they value uh, most, and and then you can uh, put your points and miles towards those things. Right. A previous guest on my podcast, Bo Knows, he recently had a child and he's not traveling as much, but he will be going to Disney in a bit. And he's choosing, OK, well, maybe we'll spend additional points or additional cash for the seat upgrades because we're not going to be traveling as much. And some people aren't really interested in travel at all, surprisingly, or maybe only once a year. So some people, as you said before, are just cashing out points. And, and you've certainly done that, too, with Chase and American Express, right? Absolutely. You know, oftentimes cashing out is not your best uh, value, but um, if you're not traveling and your points or miles are just sitting there, um, over time they'll lose value, right? They, you won't be able to get as much for them. Uh, so then you might be better off looking at uh, options to cash out. And, uh, you know, Chase recently made it uh, very um Maybe lucrative is too strong, but it made it made cashing out a, a real viable option, a good option even, uh, when they introduced to pay yourself back, where you could take chase points and pay yourself back for certain kinds of purchases. Initially groceries, uh, now it's dining and a few other categories. Uh, but, you know, sometimes uh, we'll go out to eat and I'll take the Chase Sapphire Reserve card along and I'll think, you know, I'm going to. We're gonna we're gonna eat this. We're gonna get this meal for free. I'm gonna pay myself back uh, for this for this food because um, it's it's nice, right, to have that option. Then you don't feel so bad about you know a a, a bill right at the restaurant uh, that's more than you normally would pay. Um, and you could also um, you know just get you know um, you can use American Express points. Uh, sometimes they offer even um, an increased. Uh, uh, a number of or a percent by which they'll you can pay yourself back in essence. Uh, you can um, 
use Amex points uh, against your uh, credit card bill and lower the cost. And so sometimes those are good options. Yeah, they've had the promotion for one cent a point or some bonus on redemptions with American Express or some people use Charles Schwab, which is now 1.1 cent per point or Morgan Stanley, which is one cent per point. So it may not be the most optimal, especially people focus a lot on those international flights, but not everyone is flying internationally. And these are just other options. I'm not recommending, oh, use your points at like five tenths of a cent per point for gift cards by any means, (laughs) but hopefully getting at least good redemptions when cashing out. Absolutely. Yeah, that should never be overlooked as an option. And um, and certainly the, with the pandemic, uh, with less travel going on, for some people, that's just a, the perfect option uh, to uh, look for credit cards you can sign up for that allow you to pay yourself back at pretty good rates. And uh, you know, as Justin, as you mentioned, the uh, Charles Schwab card, Morgan Stanley card through American Express are, are great uh, cards. Uh, it's a high um, it's a high annual fee, but uh, the sign-up bonus is great. And then once you have the card, uh, it can transfer your points out for cash. Uh, and so it's a it's a great way if you're not traveling uh, to find some value in this in this uh, hobby. Yeah, you mentioned annual fees. I think some people make mistakes in that they try to absolutely avoid annual fees that they don't understand that the annual fees are more like an upfront investment. Okay, maybe I spend. for an annual fee on the card, but I'm getting this really big welcome offer. I'm getting a free night certificate every year. So can you talk a little bit about the annual fees and how you manage them? Right. So initially I was the same way. I wasn't going to pay an annual fee ever, right? That was, uh, why would you pay a a fee, right? To pay, you know, to use a credit card. Um, But yeah, you quickly uh, would recognize if you sit down and and do just basic math, right? uh, That it makes a lot of sense to pay annual fees in many cases. Sometimes it makes sense to pay the annual fee a second or third time. So yeah, you have to weigh, right? The sign-up bonus and what what value you place on the sign-up bonus, uh, the other perks that come with the card and what value you place on those perks. And you have to decide if it's worth signing up for the card. And I will say that most banks uh, want you to see that it does make sense the first year for sure, right? There's almost uh, no... There's almost no card out there, right, where the the sign-up bonus doesn't give value that far exceeds the annual fee. Now, going into the second year, when you don't get that sign-up bonus, um, you could try for a retention offer, and that might offset some or all of the annual fee. Or you might think it's worth holding on to the card just because of the the various perks that come with the card. And so, for example, you know, um, most of the hotel cards, you know, the Hiltons, the, the Marriotts. Uh, the IHG cards, they come with a free night. And so if you're paying a $95 annual fee, uh, but you know that you'll regularly regularly use that um, that free night that you get for that uh, $95 for a hotel that's going to cost more than $95 a night, it's probably worth holding on to it. And here I'll jump in, Justin, and, and talk a little bit about what it means uh, in this industry to have a family uh, beyond what I've already said about, you know, maybe looking for economy class tickets <laughs> more right, than right. Uh, first class. Um you know, oftentimes families end up in situations like mine where, you know, kids are in, say, travel sports. Um, and, you know, you find that there's a, a tournament and you really need to stay overnight because they have a game, games, you know, uh, over two days. And the hotels know when these tournaments are being held. And, of course, their prices go up, uh, raised accordingly. And so you'll often find that your very basic Fairfield Inn, right, for example, is charging two to three hundred a night wow. uh, in those places, you know, surrounding this tournament. And I have friends, uh, they just they end up just paying two, three hundred dollars a night. Well, I'll 
I've got hotel uh, points. I've got hotel free nights. And, you know, sometimes it's not the most um, luxurious. <laughs> it never is, actually. <laughs> um, it's not glamorous, right, to stay at a Fairfield Inn. But if I'm using a free Marriott night, a reward night, that I got for a credit card that cost me $95 a year to stay at a hotel that's going to be up to $300 for that night. I, it's a big win for me. And I would probably have to pay it, um, you know, if I didn't up with cash, if I didn't have the, the free night. Now I'm, I'm, I'm strategic about this. I'm not just going to throw away my free nights, right. For uh, hotels um, that, you know, that I, where I think I could maybe get more value uh, from them. Uh, I might look at using points instead, if that's a good option, but if I have a reward night and it's about to to expire, perhaps, um, and it's a Fairfield Inn that maybe only costs, you know, twenty twenty thousand uh, dollars, twenty sorry twenty thousand points. <laughs> that I would be the luxurious one, night, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dollars. Can you imagine? <laughs> um, if it's twenty thousand points, you know, even if my free reward night, you know, really allows me to get a better hotel that you know that uh, with uh, that costs more points. If it's going to expire, and I'm not sure I'm going to use it. Um, you know, then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to find value, right. Um, in, in using that free night. So, so, you know, there's a lots of kinds of travel that you might not consider travel, right. And the way we're talking about it, where you, you know, you go and have this big trip to the Caribbean or something. Um, but these are small weekend trips, um, visiting family, going to soccer or, or other kinds of tournaments. If you're taking a long trip and you want to stop along the way, um, having points and hotels, uh, can be a very, very uh, great way to save uh, a fair bit of money. Yeah, so lots lots and lots of options. And you help family members manage accounts as you're deep into this hobby, and they're not quite, but they're happy to have you guide them along. <laughs> yeah, I like how you use the word help them. Uh, I, think I, <laughs> I don't so much help them as I do it for them. Um, yeah, I have uh, you know two, two uh, kids in college now, and so as soon as they... Uh, were 18 years old. I immediately sat down with them and, and talked to them a little bit about uh, the game, but I really run it for them. Uh, I make them aware of it. Um, they know that I'm doing it uh, to help their credit score, and I'm also doing it uh, so I can get them points and miles, and I always give them right those the points and miles that I accrue with uh, credit cards in their name. Uh, and so they're they're stoked, right? As they would say. Yeah, the way to think about it, right, is um, with with kids is uh, even before they turn 18 and can get their own credit card, is to get them as an authorized user uh, on one of your cards, preferably one of your older cards, uh, so that your uh, your their average age of their accounts uh, immediately is is sort of solid. Now every bank has different um, different protocols about how they handle authorized users, and so we won't get into the weeds here. You can find this, you can Google this, but um, <laughs> yeah, some, we're, some we're not banks... adding twenty people to cards and like selling them <laughs> off and then getting shut down. And oh my God, I couldn't believe it! How did the bank shut me down? <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, you you want to be cautious uh, for sure, and, and you want to know which banks actually report to to um, you know. The, the various uh, credit agencies so that your kids sort of get credit for your good credit score. Um, and so anyway, then, then they've established sort of a, a credit score. And so it won't be high initially because they're you know, presumably not paying utility bills and don't have established record of paying back cards. But once they get maybe the, you know, as, as the first card, a Wells Fargo student card or discover student card when they're 18, those are relatively easy for students to get. Uh, then, they can you can start helping them establish a regular pattern of paying back uh, at the end of the month, right, paying their balances off. And I think it's important in this case to actually let the 
their credit card statement hit and then pay the balance back, hopefully a, a small balance um, so that their utilization rates aren't high. Um, but, you know, if you let um, let there be a balance at the end of the month and then you pay it off right away, that shows the credit card or the, you know, the credit uh, agencies that you're, you're your kids can handle, right? Uh, paying back their their um, credit bill, credit card bills, and then uh, you know I found that once they reach 21, um, then you know other opportunities open up. You can start; they can start taking your income and crediting crediting it to their own as as if, as it's as if it's their own, um, and so that's helpful in helping them get better cards, even. Right, um, right. That's the household income that's listed on applications. Banks usually ask for. Right. And you can't, uh, kids can't take credit for household income until they're 21. You can't, um, they, they, they're, they're not uh, presumably um, able to get access to it until 21. And even then, um, I'm a little bit cautious when I sign up for a card with my kids who are older than 21. I don't claim that they have my income. But uh, since I do, um, we help them out with certain costs associated with uh, college, then I, I I can give them credit right for that as, as if it's income. And so that's helpful. And they have jobs as well. So they have some limited income, uh, which also they can take credit for when they sign up for a new card. Uh, but I also found that with my 20-year-old, um, you know, she was she can't take credit yet for my household uh, for household income. But um, she turned 20. She had uh, two years worth of her of you know credit card history on her under her own name. Um, and while she had been denied previously for the Chase Sapphire Preferred, she hit the two-year mark, and suddenly I uh, I went through the process and applied again, and she they gave it to her, and I'm guessing hitting the two-year mark made a difference. And you know she was applying for with relatively low income from two part-time jobs that she holds, um, and and uh, yeah she was able to get that really nice sign-up bonus um, from the Chase Sapphire Preferred uh, that um, that is still out there, but only if you go into a bank. Right. And your family members are able to also get some of the travel benefits as well because they are authorized users. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so um, I, they don't have any of the, you know, the, the big cards, right? Um, I haven't yet. Um, and, and I will hold off, right, until I, I think they're, you know, old enough and, and it makes sense for them to have, say, the, uh, the Platinum, American Express Platinum. Um, but, yeah, they've been able to um, use uh, my Hilton Surpass uh Priority pass passes uh, to get in. Um, American Express Green Card allows you to buy, um, you know, $100 worth of, of um, lounge buddy passes that I've been able to give them, hand over to them uh, to use. And so, yeah, so they have definitely benefited uh, from this hobby. And of course, you know, they, they when I travel and if they're able to and I can take them along um, or we take family vacations and they're benefiting in a very real way. Yeah, generally, I don't suggest authorized users if people can get primary cards of their own. But yes, when you're dealing with people who are around that age of 18, 21, that can make sense to do just a little bit. But there could be some disqualifications. If you were to add someone as an authorized user, they may not be eligible for a sign-up bonus of their right. own. So that's one thing I think people getting into the game, people are quick of like, oh, well, I'll just add my wife as an authorized user. And I think, oh, no, no. Well, eventually, wouldn't it be great to double dip these bonuses. I think this is the benefit of having other people who will sign up for accounts that you know, that they can get the benefit, the benefits as well. And you could share some of the travel spoils. 
Absolutely. Uh, you need to be very cautious about opening up cards, either as authorized users or your own credit cards. You know, you, you need to know what the rules are, what the, you know, what limitations, you know, it'll place on, on future cards. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's a little bit, it's, you know, you have to do some reading. You have to, um, you certainly have to take your time. Uh, you need to uh, Google, right, to make sure you're making the right de uh, decisions on uh, signing up for credit cards or giving authorized user to children. Uh, but it certainly is uh, an option that that can, in some cases, be very uh, beneficial to everyone. And of course, you know, one of the other huge benefits, right, of of having uh, family members uh, for whom I manage accounts is the referral bonuses. And I, I cannot underestimate, right? I should not underestimate. I can't. <laughs> Um, the the value of referral bonuses um, when you have you know a a P two a P three a P four that's a player two player three player four for the audience yeah <laughs> right um, so you know uh, for example recently uh, there was a great sign up bonus on the Chase Sapphire Preferred uh, which is I would call it like a mid tier car mid tier card. Um, and if you had the card already, if somebody in your family had that card, they could refer you and they could themselves get 20,000 points, uh, which uh, with, you know, if you have a Chase Sapphire referred, uh, sorry, reserve card, um, you can use that 20,000 points to pay yourself back to the tune of $300 worth. Uh, or as, as Justin did and often does, right, you can transfer it to Hyatt and get even more value or to various um, airline, um, and you can put it into airline currencies and um, and use your airline miles from your chase points uh, to take great trips. Um, but but yeah, those those sign up bonuses uh, are great. But if you can add to that the referral bonus right from someone else in the family, uh, it can really raise your um, your your, your points balances very quickly. Yeah, for me, I've I've run out of the bigger hitter cards. And now I'm just having to wait for time to pass before signing up for cards with US Bank and Barclays because they're stricter. The last time I tried with them about eight months ago, they said, oh, you've signed up for too many accounts in the last 12 months. So now I'm willing to wait a little bit more time. But I've also been adding some cards with American Express. I got so desperate that I got the plum card, for instance, <laughs> where it's like, okay, you get $600, but you need to spend $30,000 to get 600. So it effectively was 3.5% catch back if that quick mental math is correct. Not a huge win, but when say, okay, well, you can only spend 4,000 on the Chase Sapphire Preferred and get 100,000 points. You know, that's really good if you could do that multiple times with the assistance of others. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you don't have to scrape the, the the bottom of the barrel so often, right? When you have extra family players that you can that you're working on minimum spend requirements for, um, yeah. So that has been also a, a big advantage, right, of having um, a family, um, is that I'm not opening up cards in my name as as often as I might otherwise, uh, because I'm often working on minimum spend for one of their cards. But I'm cautious, even you know, with with the kids that I that I don't put them in a position where you know they're 22 and they suddenly have 20 cards. Um, you know, some are less cautious than me about this, I'm sure, um, and they'll just go, you know, whole hog and open up lots of cards. Um, but you know, I also um, want my kids, you know, when they're financially. Um, uh, uh, you know, when they're financially sound to be able to open up some of these cards on their own, um, you know, to take advantage of this opportunity. Uh, so I'm not going to get, you know, every card in the book um, just, uh, you know, right away. Because, um, yeah, I think that it's good, um, you know, for kids to have the opportunity to do some of that when they're older. 
Right. And you've signed up for a lot of business cards, too, as you can do that and have even more options. Some people just avoid or forget about the business cards altogether. But I think a lot of the business cards are even stronger than the personal cards. Right. So, you know, back when eBay started, um, somebody mentioned to me there was this new site that was, you know, where you could um, for resell your stuff, your old stuff. And I um, I went, I remember going to it and be back with the old dial-up connection on the computer and um, thought, oh, I've, I've got lots of stuff. Um, you know, I had kids' uh, clothing that was, you know, kind of boutique clothing that was sitting in a closet. And it quickly became a, a side hobby for me. And I started a reselling business um, on eBay that grew very quickly. And, and I, you know, I eventually found other sources uh, of, of goods to sell on eBay. And so once I had, you know, this sort of flourishing eBay business, um, I realized that, well, that counts as a business. Um, so uh, the, you know, the revenue I make from that isn't extraordinary, um, but I can still get business cards based on a very modest revenue. Now, when I sign up for business cards with this modest revenue from my uh, reselling business, you know, I'm signing up as the sole proprietor. And so they're also taking into account my income from my regular job. Um, and so that probably helps as well, right? It's not that I'm, you know, if, if I sign up for a business card and, and I'm claiming a revenue of 10000 a year for my business, but I have no other income, of course, that's when uh, banks might be a little bit nervous. Uh, but signing up for a business card, right, with a, a pretty low revenue, I, I know people have signed up with zero revenue on it for a business, you know, they, they, they hope it makes money going down the road. Um, and, and they've still managed to open it up and get approved for these cards. So yeah, don't be scared off by business cards. If you have even the most modest of all businesses, uh, or if you are going to start a business and you want to sign up for a business card based on a business you're starting up, um, don't be afraid to go for it. Yeah. And I, I recommend a lot that people start with the LLC and get the documentation because at some point, Sole proprietor often hits a wall, especially if you don't have any documentation, you haven't been doing this. And it's just like, oh, I just became an Uber driver yesterday. You know, good mm -hmm. luck getting the Brex card. We had, we had that offer a few months ago. It was, what, 100,000 points that right. cashed out at $1,000. I got approved for that, and my LLC was about two years old. But I know a lot of people tried to apply, and they got denied because they weren't in systems. They didn't have the business trade lines and the business credit reporting. So... I often recommend to just try not to take great shortcuts mm -hmm. and do things the right way. And it's going to be a great investment, a great payoff. Yeah, absolutely. If Even if you don't have, again, a, a business that's making, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions, uh, you can open an LLC based on, you know, uh, something very small, minor, um, you know, just a, a very much a side gig. Um, and you can get those LLC documents uh, that will allow you to open up business cards. Uh, in some cases, you can open up a business card twice, once with an LLC and and also then with, as a sole proprietor. So uh, you're, you're right, having an LLC does open up more opportunities. Right. And it's pretty easy to do it here in Pennsylvania. I use the website Inkfile, I-N-C, Inkfile. And I just had to pay a state filing fee. It was maybe at the time like $90. I think it's gone up to maybe $125. But even when I signed up for that, they had a partnership with Bank of America. And that if you opened a checking a business checking account with Bank of America, that they gave a bonus, which I believe was something like $200. So I'm already up $100 just on opening the business and the business checking account. So what a country. And I know you've done a lot of these um, bank account bonuses, both personal and business. Right. Yeah, I have done some banking account bonuses. I haven't 
I haven't gone all in. Um, I tend to do it slowly and methodically. Um, partly it's a, it's a time issue, partly an organization issue. Um, in this, in this hobby, you really do need to be organized. And if you, uh, if you don't keep track, right, of when you open, um, accounts, you know, either bank accounts or credit card accounts and recognize what you need to do to meet this, the minimum spend or the minimum deposit, uh, you're going to get, you know, um, you're going to suffer pretty, pretty quickly. It's going to be pretty obvious, right? That you shouldn't be in this game. Um, so with bank account bonuses, I've been, uh, I've been a little bit more slow, uh, but yeah, but I'm, I'm often, uh, opening up, um, a bank account if the, if there's a good sign up bonus, um, and it doesn't require too much work on my part, uh, to, to meet the, the bonus requirements. And I also, of course, and Justin, um, you as well, uh, always look closely, right? At the terms for bank account bonuses, um, do you need to deposit 15000 into account? Uh, then ask yourself, do I have that amount? And what if I need some of that, right, that money? Um, you know, should it be, you know, more liquid, right, than needing to sit in an account for three months uh, just to get a, bon- a sign-up bonus? Uh, so anyway, yeah, I have done some uh, bank account bonuses, and it certainly is a good way to make a little extra on the side. Yes, I'm in the Philadelphia area, and I've seen some local ones with credit unions and even bigger banks and some of them are, oh, just make a direct deposit or link your direct deposit and make five debit card transactions in the first 90 days. So it's very easy for me to move direct deposit around and then to just use a debit card. I usually just go to self-checkout at a grocery store and buy a banana. And sometimes I'll use multiple cards to buy that banana, depending on the grocery store and how the, the payment terminals work. So very easy to to do this. And it's like, what? Okay, maybe it took me like 10 minutes to fill out an application online. I get approved. I activate a card. I go out in the wild and use it. And maybe, what, to be conservative, I spent maybe 30 or 45 minutes of time. I'm already going to be at the grocery store anyway. Like, I just have some downtime during the day. And I made like $300 from that account. And maybe I'll use it for other transactions. Or in the future, maybe I'll just close the account. Now, some of these have early termination fees or some other regulations where, okay, well, we're going to charge you if you close the account early or there's going to be a revoking of the bonus. So, yeah, you do have to be on top of it. But I think this is super, super low-hanging fruit that so many options for people to really get some extra money. Absolutely. Um, you know, both credit cards and bank accounts uh, do offer so many opportunities at the same time, I recognize it's not a hobby for everyone. Uh, there are some people who I think they love, you know, the idea of getting, you know, these miles and points balances. Uh, they love the idea of traveling for free. They love the idea of, you know, extra cash from making up bonuses. But they they just are, um, they, they just don't have the, I don't know, the motivation, I guess, uh, to pursue it. Um, and that's okay. It's not for everybody. Uh, but Justin is right. It doesn't take a lot of work. And so if you recognize that and um, and you're willing to invest just a little bit of time, uh, it is it is an amazing hobby and it's allowed you know, our family to do amazing things. Yeah, I get that objection. People, oh, it sounds like a lot of work. And my idea uh, personally is usually that work sounds like a lot of work, especially if people are working jobs making like 15 to $20 an hour. They don't like the job. The hours aren't so great. It's like, okay, well, look, if I can find some of these other side hustles and it adds up and making some significant amount, I mean, I'm not taking a 15 minute detour to save 35 cents on frozen pizza by any means, right? Like we're talking about some bigger numbers some easier things here and some good payoffs. Right. You do need to pay attention to how much 
time you're spending on it and you have to pay attention to what you're getting for that time uh, for sure. But Justin is right. I, I don't, I don't chase, you know, a dollar, um, you know, an extra dollar, um, by running to a store, right. Uh, to get, you know, to be a dollar less on milk or something. Um, and in this industry, I, I wouldn't do that either. Right. I'm not going to chase, um, you know, I can spend a lot of time to, to get a dollar, but, uh, this hobby actually, allows you to get hundreds of thousands of dollars, right, over the course of a number of years in in travel, uh, in, in, in cash back, um, with, with not a ton of work. Um, and when I say hundreds of thousands, I'm not saying you're going to get that this year, right, or next year. Uh, this has been over the course of many years, um, but, you know, all, all told, right, um, with, with, I would say, limited effort, not no effort, but limited effort, you know, I've been able to get uh, these credit card bonuses and these bank account bonuses um, and do great things with it. Yeah, when I was tracking a few months ago, because I was wondering about like, okay, well, what's my return on this? Is this still making sense? As I've done some of the bigger offers at first, I was tracking and making about 4000 a month just from the points. And I wasn't even including freebies into that. I wasn't including, um, say, okay, I got a hotel room upgrade. I got a seat upgrade. Like, oh, does that count as like $75 or what? what is that? So there are a lot of, I think, intangible benefits and just the experience is much better. There's also been a lot of fun in this and trying to solve the puzzle and trying to figure out these deals. I've met people like you, many listeners of the show. There's community. There are a lot of websites and in-person meetups. There's so, so much opportunity. And I found a big overlap with gambling, something that I do anyway. And the, the reselling I'm doing on eBay, there's, there's a big overlap with that as well. So I, I think many can find a way to have parallels with things they're already doing. Right. I, I find it fun too, I'll admit, right? I think it's just uh, fun to kind of find a great deal, to find a great sign-up bonus, uh, to get approved, right, for a, a card. Um, and as Justin says, there's also these kind of small little perks on the side that are kind of fun. Like, you know, I have an Amex Gold card that gives me, you know, $10 spend on Uber Eats every month and $10 on Grubhub. And it's fun. I wait for a code to come uh, for, you know, maybe, you know, 50% back on Uber Eats and I get... My, you know, my $20 worth of food. Um, I always do pick up, right? You know, I want the delivery costs. And so I go and pick up at a local restaurant, $20 of food uh, for free because I have the Uber Eats code and I get the $10 back from my Amex Gold uh, card. Um, and I don't have to make dinner that night. And so uh, it can be kind of fun to uh, to use some of these extra side perks. And I don't know how much value you, want, you would put on them, right? It, I guess it depends on whether or not you'd, you know, spend... $10, right, uh, for this Uber Eats money. Um, but certainly for me, it's uh, I, I do put some value on it just because it's been helpful in, in uh, making my life a little bit easier. Um, and, and, and yes, I find it fun too. Yeah, and depending on listeners' grocery stores and loyalty programs that they have in their area, because a lot of this is regional or local, there are, there are a lot of ways to save extreme, extreme amounts of money on groceries and gas. Like I'm reselling products and buying from Best Buy and there's a chain near me where I can go. And I, I was just talking about this with you today that every $500 Best Buy gift card you buy, you get 10 reward points, which is worth about $15. And then I can use a credit card like the Amex Gold card that's giving me four times points. So if we're valuing those points at about two cent per point, we're talking about, okay, that's 8% and then we're getting another 3%. So it's like an 11% bonus on buying something that you would buy anyway. And that, that's just making a significant difference. As I'm hearing people 
talk about, oh, look, the price of groceries and gas is going up. It's like, oh, well, I've been paying zero for that for the past two years. Uh, <laughs> it's like, what a, what a savings. Like, if I could just have one one thing is like, okay, Justin, you can only do these five things and your time is limited to others. It's like, wow, if I can do the groceries and gas deal, it's just really, really amazing. Right. Getting a a card that gives a good return on groceries uh, has been wonderful for me as well. Uh, not only organic grocery spend, but as Justin said, uh, in the gift card reselling business, um, you can buy those gift cards at the grocery store. Um, and if you pay attention to when they have deals on gift cards, uh, gift card uh, sales, then you can reap an, an enormous number of grocery points. And, and so, yeah, I'm not quite eating and driving for free like Justin, <laughs> uh, but I certainly am getting... Um, some groceries for free, uh, and I'm certainly uh, paying less for gas uh, because of the rewards uh, points, re rewards programs of, of some of the local grocers around me. Some of it you have to kind of sample yourself, figure it out yourself, go to those stores and find out what they've got. Um, and, and in some cases, you can go online and, and you can get tips from other people about what stores are offering, what kinds of, of benefits and bonuses and when sales are happening. Um, so, yeah, uh, you're right, Justin. The, the extra money towards groceries and gas has been one of the most fun parts of this of this hobby. Yeah, it's like we, we went into a grocery store. It's like, wow, I have all these rewards at the end of the year. They're going to expire. So it's like, oh, wow, I could just go in there and buy everything. That's that's pretty cool. You had you had an experience like that uh, last December. You brought some family members like, oh, where are we going to go today? Oh, yeah, we're going to the grocery store. Like no, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll give Justin the credit in this case. He actually had all these points expiring, and he and he texted me and he said, "I have points expiring. I don't know what to do with them at the grocery store. Why don't you go and uh, use my account?" And uh, my kids, one of my kids was down in the dumps that day, and I said, uh, "We're gonna go to the grocery store tonight." And so we went as a family, and I let them pick out what they wanted, and they they were thrilled beyond belief. Right? They could buy whatever ice cream they wanted. They got you know little some hair products that. They they were hoping for. Uh, we, we got to buy seafood that we normally wouldn't buy, uh, thanks to Justin. Um, and it was kind of this, you know, moment of freedom, right? I can, I can get all these things. And um, yeah, thanks to Justin, we had a, we had a, one of our most fun travel outings all year. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. It was a really wild uh, November, December last year. And hopefully we're going to see some of those deals come back again. Uh, so we, we proved Dave Ramsey wrong. It's like, well, you're not you're not you're not going to make much from credit cards. Oh, it's not it's not going to be worth the effort here. Like, well, yeah, OK, well, we might not be a billionaire, but we can certainly save a lot of money. And the way I look at it, saved money is like made money where it's like, well, I was going to spend this money anyway on gas and groceries and my auto insurance and all these other things. And I have so many ways to reduce these costs down to nothing or next to nothing. And it, it just makes a big difference. So Justin has brought up Ramsey, and I think it's worth remarking. Right? That, uh, he is wrong, right? Uh, he's not wrong for everybody, but he's wrong for many of us who uh, who are careful with our money. We pay off our balances. Uh, we never pay interest on our credit cards. Um, and we never pay fees because we're organized. And so we always make sure we avoid right uh, late charges. And if you're if you're the kind of person who can do that, and many of us can, uh, then getting a credit card or two or ten or twenty actually can make sense uh, and can be enormously rewarding. Yeah, I see people using cash and debit cards at registers. It's like, oh no, they're missing out. They're missing out. But yeah, not not all people have that financial discipline. I hope that people can become disciplined and just not go crazy just because you have a line of credit and oh, let's buy that plasma TV or 
Gucci bag or whatever, and oh, I'll pay for it later. And then, you know, the $10,000 racks up and then you're paying like 20% interest. So I, I think that financial responsibility is, is really important. Absolutely. And having emergency savings is important as well in this uh, business because, you know, you might, if you're, say, you know, reselling gift cards or reselling products, uh, you might find that you, you know, have to wait a few weeks until you get, you know, the return. Um, and if something comes up, you have to, in an emergency, you have to be able to pay for it. So, yeah, you, you need you need to have all those you know, cautionary measures in place. Um, but if they are in place, uh, then there's no reason not to not to sign up for credit cards and um, meet minimum spend in, in you know interesting ways like, you know, uh, prepaying your utility bills. I've done that uh, to the tune of a thousand dollars or more. Uh, prepaying your cable bill. Uh, Prepaying insurance, uh, so you meet minimum spend, or in the resell business, reselling business, right? Um, you can go ahead and, and you know uh, buy these products, uh, take your time selling them, uh, knowing that you have just in case you have emergency savings, uh, you have enough to pay off the balances if they come due before you you get the return on your uh, products or the return on your investment. Um, and and if you're if you're one of those people who can do that, and I think many people can, they just don't realize they can. Uh, then this is a, a great hobby to have. Yeah, there, there can be a lot of creative ways to hit those minimum spend thresholds without just blowing money, right? We're, we're talking one day about plastic, P-L-A-S-T-I-Q. Can you talk about that a little bit? You've used that service before. Sure. It's a it's a service that allows you to pay them by credit card and then they send out a check uh, to whoever you owe money to. So, for example, if you um, are paying utilities um, and your utility company doesn't take credit cards, many don't, um, then you can play, pay plastic and they will in turn send a, a check to your credit, your utility company for a fee. Um, and so you have to pay attention to that fee and, find, and decide whether it's worth it. Now, plastic has uh, referral uh, dollars you can get. So, uh, you, you know, if you if you get a referral from somebody, you know, they'll get some fee free dollars through plastic, and so will you. Um, so maybe your first uh, five hundred or thousand dollars that you pay to plastic uh, will be free, and then beyond that, there is a charge. You know, it's it comes in I think just under three percent uh, typically, uh, which is something you have to think about, right? Is it worth uh, paying three percent? In some cases, the answer might be yes. Uh, if your sign up bonus is is pretty significant, um, and you know, it's maybe you the sign up uh, the minimum spend requirement is five thousand, and you can organically spend let's say four thousand. Uh, then spending one thousand by prepaying utilities through plastic or just taxes in general that ha- could have some applications. So it pays to experiment, and we both have the point debit card, which is a more recent thing that also runs is one percent on plastic, but the point debit card is also giving one percent back in rewards. So for those occasions where you don't want to send a paper check in the mail or you don't have paper checks, you you could just go ahead and and do that. And the point debit card, of course, has had some bonuses. And not just bonuses, but they occasionally will run streak rewards, for example, where if you use your card five days in a row, you know, total over two hundred dollars, you get a certain amount in uh, in um, uh, a certain bonus, right? Uh, usually about thirty dollars, um, and so yeah. So cards, cards have you know sign up bonuses, but they also have sometimes ongoing promotions or ongoing bonuses uh, that you can pay attention to and use to your advantage. Yeah, and I think the credit cards also give an easier way of life. Whereas people who are primarily using debit cards, for instance, risk overdrafting. Oh, how much is in my account? I don't know how much is in there. 
And I've seen some cases where people's information was compromised on debit cards, and then they're having to wait for weeks for the bank to resolve the issue. The money is out of their account. They're risking overdrafts. It's not a comfortable thing. So I think credit is making life easier in many ways. I agree with Justin. Just so long as you're not the kind of person who has a credit card and thinks, ooh, I have a credit card. I can spend you know, whatever I want. I can buy this thing I wasn't going to buy because I happen to have a credit card. Um, so you know, just make sure you're not spending more simply because you have a credit card or buying things you wouldn't otherwise buy right? just because you have the credit card. Um, and so if you're the type of person that does that, you, you might want to rethink this, uh, uh, this, this idea. But if you're like Justin, uh, myself, and, and many other Americans right, uh, who, who know how to spend responsibly with credit cards, uh, then it's uh, absolutely uh, something worth looking into. Yeah, I think it's important to live an intentional type of life and really question a lot of societal assumptions, whereas some people think, oh, well, if I spend more money, life is going to be better. Well, not necessarily. Like maybe that um, $80 bottle of alcohol you know, isn't all that's cracked up to be. And you could just, you know, have that ice water when you go out to eat and maybe uh, take some flavor enhancer from your bag and put it inside that you got with grocery rewards sometimes. Uh, so you could really question. And I think living the frugal life gives me a lot more headspace and I don't have to worry about, oh, how am I going to have the money to pay that bill next week? Like this business of living paycheck to paycheck, I think is very avoidable in many cases. If people are to look at their spending and, okay, well, did I really need this thing? You know, oh, well, maybe instead of using the the food delivery app and paying the full amount, I could have just fired up the rice cooker at home and, you know, save that $15. You know, I think, I think that's, that's a very good space to be and just not being reckless with the spending and just trying to live for today that we can be future oriented and just be more careful about how we're spending and living our lives. Yeah. You could not be more right, right? You need to uh, think hard about why you're spending, uh, uh, why, why, you're, why you're spending the way you are, right? Um, if it's just to keep up with the Joneses, uh, then that's not that's not the kind of spending that's going to um, make you happy, obviously, but it's also the kind of spending that'll get you into trouble very quickly uh, financially. Um, so, you know, this this is not a hobby that that's meant to mean you can you know buy the latest and the greatest. Um, I suppose it allows you to buy some more than you maybe could before. Um, but I think it's better to look at this as a hobby that allows you to do some things and experience things and um, maybe even give to charity at, at higher levels than you could before. Uh, so um, this is not a philosophy to replace, right? A, a much better philosophy about um, living frugally and thoughtfully and, and you know, living environmentally friendly, right? Lives. Um, it's, it's a way to, um, yeah, to, to find, uh, you know, more opportunities uh, that you might not have before. Yeah, that, that philosophy, of course, is my other podcast, the Stoic Solutions podcast, <laughs> applying stoicism <laughs> to everyday life. <laughs> yeah, so so we can we can have that kind of link and maintaining that responsibility while using credit, not losing our minds, and then being able to profit because I think. Unfortunately, a large reason of why this exists is because people are in debt, because they're spending irresponsibly. The banks will put out these great offers to try to tempt people to spend more, but it's a slight percentage of us who can really gain quite a good deal from all of these offers. But I don't think it's um, an impossible effort. I think that many average people can, can really do this. And if it's not at a huge level, that's okay. You can do what you can do and experience some wins rather than just sitting on the sidelines and seeing your dollar deteriorate and inflation go up over time. 
So, Justin, you have any upcoming travel you want to tell tell me about? Oh, yes. I'm going to be going to Las Vegas tomorrow. We're recording here on uh, October 24th. So I have four free nights at Link in Las Vegas, Caesars Property, and then three free nights at Wynn. Thanks to the, the credit card game and some gambling that I do, I was able to get Caesars Diamond status matching from Wyndham Diamond status that long ago I matched from Hilton gold <laughs> or Hilton diamond wow. status. So I, I've, I've been going on the casino world tour in the last few years when one casino offers a, a tier match or a status match program, even though I didn't play all these table games and slots, whatever, I still have the high status and I can get the benefits. So with win, I got three free nights and $200 slot play. So I was very happy to take them on that offer. And I also got a $150 birthday dinner that I used in the month of September. I don't know how you do it, Justin. <laughs> Status yeah, matching yeah. still eludes me. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the the glory days though are are over. I remember in Atlantic City, one of my favorite deals. You used to be able to buy a five hundred dollar gift card at Borgata using a credit card and then transfer that to free play at the players club. So I would play video poker where the house has only about a half percent house edge. But I was getting the spend on my credit card, the rewards, and it was it was a great, 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 great opportunity. Unfortunately, they only limited it to five hundred dollars a day, but I was able to do a lot with that. So um, we we mourn for dead deals, that's for sure. But new yes, deals, we do. <laughs> new, <laughs> new deals come about. So that was one of the more creative ways that I would hit sign up bonuses, and none of the banks complained and and i think it's a thing of just treating this as a, a gradual thing like don't just hammer out and oh i got a new credit card so let's you know spend ten thousand dollars the local grocery store in the first month like i i, I think it's important to de-risk in many ways um, i think some people have the mistaken idea that if you try to do anything that might violate terms or be in kind of a gray area that you're going to get shut down and everything's terrible but if you could just do it in a more measured way and treat this as a, a marathon instead of a race. I, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, my hats off to you, Justin, for all the ways you found uh, benefits and bonuses and status matches uh, through the casinos. Yeah, thanks. And yeah, and you, and you found many ways of your own. As I think that's a big benefit of this hobby is that there's a really good community because one person isn't going to find everything. But we'll find things on our own and we can collaborate and share information to work together. And I, I think I think that's rare in general. Like a lot of people will just um, really hide information or not be out there or communities can be really toxic. But I've, I've had a, a relatively good experience, a very good experience so far in the, the credit card space. Yeah, as have I. And so I'm not going to be going to Vegas anytime soon. That's not the direction I head, but I'm hoping uh, to be going to visit friends in, in Puerto Rico uh, after the Christmas break uh, before uh, things pick up at work again. Um, it'll be a short trip uh, because I live on the East Coast. I can get there relatively quickly, uh, spend a few days uh, hopefully getting away from uh, the the doom and gloom right ahead of the East Coast in the winter um, and heading off to San Juan. Uh, and then um, hopefully the kids, while I'm at an uh, overseas work trip in May, I will be able to go with my husband uh, to visit friends and to tour London. Uh, so that's uh, that's on our itinerary coming up. Um, we'll see if there's anything in between that time. Um, I do have uh, one of my kids will be going studying abroad. So one of the great benefits of this 
um, of this hobby is that I can get her there to her study abroad location with points, um, with miles in this case, um, and uh, reduce the costs of studying abroad for her. And who knows, maybe I'll get to use miles to, to go visit her at some point in the spring. Oh, great. And, and how do you go about funding these things? So you, you have this Puerto Rico trip. What's the process that you take for using these points, miles and benefits in order to take the travel? Right. So it does, that does take time, but it's, think, it's something I enjoy. So I don't mind spending the time. You know, I actually start with Google flights, um, quite simply. And I look at, you know, uh, what days, um, have the cheapest flights from which airports. And I have several airports that I live, you know, close enough to that I don't mind traveling there and flying out of. And they're rather, rather big airports. So that does reduce the cost. But then I, you know, I look at the cash costs and then I go to uh, various, uh, uh, various uh, airline sites, and then I start looking at the points or the miles uh, requirements for the for those trips, um, and so then I can sort of match them up against the cash uh, the cash price, um, and then. If I do decide that the cash price is a better deal than using miles, then I'll oftentimes uh, have to make a decision about which credit card to use. Um, because, you know, if you use certain credit cards, it comes with uh, insurance, and then you don't have to worry if your trip is delayed or uh, if it's canceled. Right? Uh, you have insurance to cover that. Most of these insurances, by the way, I should say now, um, thanks to COVID, don't cover COVID emergencies, um, right? So if you are, you know, overseas and, and you test positive before coming back, most of these insurance cards will not cover your two weeks of quarantine. Uh, that's that's not, you know, that's considered, um, you know, beyond what these insurances uh, will pay back. But here's an example of something that did pay back. I um had a trip planned with my daughters to Spain and Portugal, um, and there was a, a tremendous thund- uh, winter storm in our area and couldn't make it to the airport, and Chase Sapphire Reserve Insurance uh, actually um, paid the, the cost of the of the points that I had put into the trip, and so that was amazing. But to go back to your question, Justin, so you know, once I have the cash price and the, 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 the various mileage costs for the airlines in which I have miles accrued, um, you know, if I decide to go the cash route, I might go uh, with the credit card that provides good insurance, but I also might go with, um, you know, a, a credit card where you get some, uh, maybe you can pay with points rather than miles. So I have an Amex uh, Platinum, the business Platinum. And I, if I use that card uh, and to, to, if I use the points on that card uh, to buy Tickets uh, in whatever airline I've I've you know set up as my sort of primary airline, it will give me um, you know about a third of those points back, um, which is which is an amazing right return. <laughs> so in essence, you're paying really two thirds of the cost um, of the cash price of the trip by using points. Uh, and so there's lots of different ways to fund travel, and um, you kind of have to look at all your options. And then of course, once you have the the, the tickets purchased, you have to think of, about uh, rental car, if, if that's something you need. Um, I do try to avoid rental cars if I can. Uh, local transportation is so much more convenient, but sometimes you need the rental car. So uh, you can look at, um, you know, the various uh, options uh, through your various portals from, say, Chase or Amex. Uh, but oftentimes I'll, I'll go to rental cars and I'll just pay the cash price for that. And then I'll just figure I'll pay myself back somehow, right, um, for the rental car. Um, a hotel is the most fun to me. I, I love, you know, looking at my hotel options. Um, you know, you can look at your various um, uh, rewards programs. You know, do you have Hilton points? Um, if you do stay at uh, Hilton, you know, what are the best options? Hilton 
gives you, if you book four nights, the fifth night free. Uh, so, you know, th- there's just so many variations, right, within these uh, rewards programs uh, that you to pay attention to. Uh, but it's fun. Um, and you can find out which ones have free breakfast and which ones have lounge space you might be able to access. Um, so for me, the travel planning is just great fun. Um, but yeah, it, it does take time and effort. But for me, it's, it's uh, completely worth it. Yeah, very good. And sometimes these breakfasts can be quite hilarious if they're buffet style or like at the Hyatt Regency Albuquerque. They gave me an $80 breakfast daily. Wow. So that was really generous of them. Yeah. <laughs> so now we've had a breakfast that we that we wouldn't, you know, we would never be able to afford, right? Um, just because we were, you know, staying and, and had some status, right, at, at various Hiltons. Um, you know, my kids' eyes getting wide as they see these, you know, huge Japanese breakfast right? <laughs> put in front of them. Uh, their eyes were getting wide for two reasons. One, the amount of food, but also two, some of the fish uh, that they were bringing out for breakfast uh, was, was quite the, um, <laughs> it was, it made them, uh, anyway, um, uh, it made them a little nervous, but they ended up loving it. So. All right. Very good. Anything else to add as we're at the hour mark here? Uh, no, it's been great to talk to you, Justin, and share some of my uh, experience with points and miles and travel and credit cards. Um, and it's been great learning from you, right, about uh, how much can be done and um, what kinds of opportunities are out there. So yeah, if you're at all inclined, uh, you know, Justin has been a very helpful resource and his podcast here is worth uh, paying attention to. Um, it's, you know, there's others as well out there. Um, so read widely, um, ask questions um, and in- enjoy yourself. Yeah, especially uh, the two sites that I really recommend, doctorofcredit.com and the esteemed Stephen Pepper at gcgalore.com. And Stephen was a previous podcast guest. So if you're interested more in the the gift card game, gift card reselling, that's definitely um, one person you want to follow. So yeah, thanks for coming on and uh, I'll see you at uh, Staples in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Justin. Great to talk to you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more content. Visit my website at hurdygurdytravel.com to contact me, find me on social media, read episode transcripts, schedule a free credit card consultation, and support my show through Patreon, Subscribestar, referral links, and buying from my eBay store. Watch the show on YouTube and listen on many podcast platforms. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe. Supporters of my Patreon and Subscribestar pages receive special perks, including a custom podcast episode, questions answered by upcoming guests, and monthly private one-on-one conversations. Schedule a free 15-minute consultation with Cakeology to formally establish your business, build business credit, and get premium business credit cards. After the free consultation, I will receive credit for referring you when you select from various paid services. Listen to Cakeology on episode 12 of this show. Find an affiliate link on my website. Build and grow your business with the help of Burst Biz Services. Burst Biz helps you grow and start business, expand business credit, and increase your business visibility with online listings. Use my affiliate link at hurdygurdytravel.com for a free business evaluation. Thanks for listening and have a great day.